welcome to the Moonshots Podcast. It's episode 181. I'm your co-host, Mike Parsons. And as always, I'm joined by Mr. Productivity himself, Mr. Mark Pearson Freeland. Good morning, Mark. Hey, good morning, Mike. Well, look, if I'm Mr. Productivity, I think you must be Mr. Proactive because we're really proactively getting into a brand new series on the Moonshot Show, aren't we? We are. We are proactively getting productive about doing a productivity series. <laughs> That's right. All the P's. It's been a while, Mike, that you and I, our Moonshots family and our listeners have got into the productivity uh, powerhouses who dominate contemporary as well as uh, classical books mm. that are all in this space. So it felt like it was about time for you and I to get back into the productivity space, didn't it? It really did. And and I think, you know, um, May 2022, what a good time to reconsider, reevaluate and reflect on productivity because, Mark, quite a lot has changed for us over the last few years. So maybe some of our productivity practices and habits are a little bit uh, in need of a refresh, one might say. Yeah, I, I think for me, it's been a very changing couple of years. You know, we've all adapted to different working styles, whether it's in the office, out of office, hybrid office, whether it's designing your work-life balance, maybe it's designing just your your physical home office Mm. and how you get things done. I mean, talk about a, a tumultuous time to specifically be working, but also balancing that time with your family, your friends. It's, I think, a topic this idea of getting stuff done that's been on all of our minds uh, more over the last couple of years than ever before, I'd say. Right. I, I totally agree. And it would only be appropriate that we go to the grand master of getting things done, right? That's right. We've teased it long enough, Mike, haven't we? Today, <laughs> we are getting in show number 181 into the work of David Allen Getting Things Done, The Art of Stress-Free Productivity, Mike. I mean, look, I'll be honest. If there was ever the title of a book that appealed to me uh, (laughs) to get more out of my performance at work and in life, it would be this book, Stress-Free Productivity. I mean, how good is that? I I know. And, And too often, you know, you can fall into the trap of when you are trying to get things done that you sort of wind yourself up into like this kind of highly uh, like your shoulders are scrunching, that the fingers are going on the keyboard, you're, you're running around frantically. I honestly think I've been a little bit guilty of in the search of productivity, I've probably got myself wound up too much. Um, so this idea of paying off productivity, but making it less stressful, uh, maybe a little bit more of that kind of flow state is, Mm. as you said, it's so appealing. And I have to say, I think uh, getting things done, often called GTD um, by David, David Allen, is absolutely one of the bedrock pieces of work uh, for productivity. It has been around for a number of years. His book has been updated. It is commonly used in line with things such as the Pomodoro uh, approach. Um, There's a whole world around GTD. In fact, our favorite productivity to-do app, Todoist, is actually based on on GTD system uh, designed by David Allen. So 
I think a little bit of a pre-warning for our listeners. We are all in on getting <laughs> things done. So it's a bit of a treat, isn't it, Mark, to go to someone like David Allen and study his work. Yeah, that's right. So why don't we uh, really give ourselves up, Mike, to this particular topic? Why don't we get started and why don't we hear from David Allen, as well as one of our favorite YouTube channels, London Real, make the case as to why we need to take ownership and also admit that our brains are limited. And it works because, I mean, also the same time in the 80s is kind of when computers are happening. And then probably without thinking, we're subconsciously comparing our brains to computers. But the brain is nothing like a computer. It's this weird piece of biology that does some things well and doesn't do other things well. Mm -hmm. And that's why your system works. Well, now, and, you know, if you've read the new edition of, of Getting Things Done that I did a couple of years ago, you know, I, I put a final chapter in there on the cognitive science research that's shown up since I wrote the first edition that's basically validated the fact that your head's a crappy office. Your brain did not evolve to remember, remind, prioritize, or manage relationships with more than four things. You know, it, it, it does what it does brilliantly, which is use uh, pattern recognition and long-term memory so that you know you're talking to a person instead of vibrations of light and sound. So you're doing that right, me too. You know, that's a light, that's a flag, that's a camera, that's, a, you know, whatever. As opposed to vibrations of light and sound, we make sense out of these things brilliantly in the present. Right? Because that's how we, that's how we survived on the desert and the savannah and the jungles and whatever. In the present, that's a bear, there's a snake over there, oh, there's berries to eat. Right. Yeah, we do that extremely well. And this but is about, purely an instrument of survival, isn't it, by exactly. definition? And it does that extremely, and computers can't even come close to that yet. Right. They're starting to. They're trying to, but they can't even come close to knowing who you are and what you're thinking or whatever. And, you know, there's, there's all kinds of, of stuff we do really well. But what we don't do well is remember, remind. You know, your brain is brilliant at, at all that stuff, but you go to the store for lemons and come back with six things and no lemons. What happened? <laughs> you tried to use your head as your office. And most people, most people probably watching or listening to this, are still using their head as their office. To try to remember, remind, prioritize, and manage relationships with the multiple things in the complexities of our lives. And how do I manage, might want to get a divorce with, I need cat food with, do we need to sell the house with, I need to hire a vice president of marketing. And by the way, I just found out I got a major tooth, tooth infection. That's, that's only six, you know, add that, uh, multiply that by about 20, you know, and you'll have the typical person's life now. And it's all trying to be managed in here. Whereas if you literally wrote all that down on a whiteboard or somewhere, you'll have a whole different perspective. It's so true. Your head really is a crappy office because, <laughs> Mark, I'll give you the proof that my head is a crappy office. In uh, my to-do app, my, you know, where I have all my tasks, it's called Todoist, as I mentioned earlier, I get reminders to do some of my daily things, my daily habits, things that I, that I love to do and things that are really important from, for my own well-being. So for example, uh, I have to listen to a podcast. I have to eat well, sleep well, write my journal, et cetera, et cetera. The amount of times, Mark, that I get this little prompt saying, oh, you haven't done this. And I have had that programmed as a daily recurring task for years. And still I'm like, oh, 
yeah, I forgot. I didn't write my journal <laughs> or yeah, I didn't do listen to that podcast or yeah, I didn't read that article. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it is amazing, Mark. That is the absolute proof to me that our heads truly are a crappy office as according to David Allen of Getting Things Done. We are unable to hold everything across our life. You think about what you would jam in your personal list, health, wellness, family, friends, your house, your personal affairs, your training and workout schedule, uh, family and friends, relatives, birthdays, events, and stuff Mm. like that. Oh, and then there's your job. (laughs) (laughs) Like that's a lot of stuff and our brains are not designed to hold on to all of those things. And I think that's proof, as, as David said, our brains are crappy offices. Yeah, I, lo- I love that metaphor that, you know, it's a crappy office because there's been so many times for me when I'll be doing exactly as you were just describing, trying to balance some uh, home life things you've got to figure out. You know, there's builders next door, they're making a racket, but then I've got a call later to do, where am I going to do it? You know, everything is somewhat connected, but at the mm. same time, they're all intrinsically uh, individualistic. So therefore, like David calls out, at max, you can probably manage about four things in your mind. But as you've just said, Mike, I mean, look, it's probably what, 15, 20 items, maybe more in 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 one of our average days. And it only becomes more and more complicated as we try to essentially put in goals or targets such as, um, events, you know, whether it's Christmas or running a marathon or coming up to a deadline, it's only going to get worse. So for me, it really is all about just writing it all down. And I've done that for years, but for me, when I was putting it onto paper, that was certainly one way of doing it, but you eventually lose track of those notebooks and having those digital versions, like you were saying earlier with Todoist, certainly a, a software that I use because it's so portable and because it's uh, essentially going to be around as, as long as I am. So it, it feels like the perfect little extension to my repertoire of, of tools that I'm trying to use. Yeah. And, and look, let's, let's try and, and sell ourselves a little bit on the idea of productivity. Uh, even though I don't think we need it, it's a very good uh, reminder is, you know, that feeling when you're like, oh, I need to do that thing. And you write it down. And you say, okay, I'm going to write it down on my list or add it to my, my, my little app, whatever it is, that moment when you're like, oh, I remembered, I've really got to do that this afternoon. And you write it down. The feeling of, oh, thank Mm. gosh, I finally captured it because you're no longer at the discretion of your mind, right? Which we've already said, we know that your head is a, is a crappy office. Do you ever have that feeling when you remember something and then you write it down and then you feel like, okay, it'll never get away from me? I I do it multiple times every single day. (laughs) And, and, and it is, it's a good, I think the word is relief yeah. because we've all had the emotion when you forget something and then suddenly it creeps up, Hmm. whether it's as significant as uh, a deadline 
for work or whether it's as monumental as forgetting your partner's birthday or, or, you know, an anniversary, whatever it is, or whether it's something smaller. So for example, oh, I was meant to tell so-and-so about this, this thing, or, um, we didn't remember to post the moonshot show on time. You know, there's so many different avenues to it. And that emotion of forgetting stuff is, is pretty crippling, isn't it? It feels very stressful. And instead, when you yeah. proactively write it down, as soon as you remember, or as soon as a colleague or a partner says it, then just write it down, put it somewhere that you can remember. And then you can always come back and celebrate yeah. when you go out and actually complete that task. Exactly. Exactly. It's like a huge reliever. And I think that's what David Allen is talking about in his book, Getting Things Done. It can be stress-free if you, it's almost there's freedom in the process. There's, there's Mm. freedom in the ritual and, um, ahead for us in this show, Mark, we're going to get right into everything you need to understand so you can think and do and build the habits of stress-free productivity. And Mark, I think the first thing you should do for stress-free productivity is you should put in your to-doist, you should put on your task pad in your book, become a member (laughs) of moonshots. That's right. Becoming a member of moonshots, Mike, you can do it by visiting moonshots.io and clicking on the members tab and you can sign up via Patreon. And Mike, I mean, it's become a real moonshots tradition now calling out our wonderful moonshots members family. So let me get started and then we can try and make the case as to why our fantastic members have joined us. Please welcome Bob and Niles, John and Terry, Niall, Marjolein, Ken and Dietmar, Tom and Mark, Marjan, Connor, Rodrigo, Yasmin, Lisa, Sid and Mr. Bonjour, Maria, Paul, Berg and Kalman, David, Joe, Crystal, Evo, Christian, Hurricane, Brain, Samuela, Kelly, Barbara, Bob, Andre and Matthew. Welcome particularly to Matthew, who's a brand new member. I mean, it's growing pretty much every day now, Mike. We're getting close to that target of making swag, but there's also something else that our members get every month, isn't there? Oh, there's, you're absolutely right. It's the Moonshots Master Series. It's an entire new additional podcast where we go super, super deep. And in fact, if you become a member, you will find that there is a brand new master series there waiting for your ears. Mark, it is a dive into rapid prototyping. It's 90 minutes going deep on rapid prototyping, pulling together the world's best thinkers into one single show that's on the master series, which is only available for our members. So head over to moonshots.io, become a member. It is literally, Mark, I was in LA recently and I tell you what, most Starbucks coffees are actually more than five bucks and you can actually become a member of Moonshots for less than that. I mean, what a deal is that, Mark? Less than a coffee. (laughs) Less than one cup of coffee. And come on, look, we have 33 members and we have well over 50,000 listeners. So I think we, we moonshotters can do just a little bit better on that conversion rate, don't you? Yeah, I think so. And look, you get access to that brand new episode on the master series of rapid prototyping, as well as 10 
other episodes such as managing people, second order thinking, finding your purpose, entrepreneurship, art of communication, all the way through to motivation. I mean, these are big, comprehensive, deep dives into some of the hottest topics, Mike. And I think it's a pretty good, pretty good spend for less than a cup of coffee. Most definitely. Most definitely. All right. You've heard enough from Mark and Mike. It's time to get back to Mr. David Allen. He's cracking the whip. He's saying, let's get productive. And for him, what is really interesting is this often starts with the idea of getting comfortable with discomfort. And an indicator, by the way, that you don't have to go very far to find opportunities to be more appropriately engaged. Just notice what's on your mind. Any of you have anything on your mind aside from listening to me? And even have any strategic and important stuff on your mind? Well, interestingly, the more it's on your mind, the more it's not happening. The more you are inappropriately engaged with it. Why? It's not on cruise control. It's only on your mind because you know there's still some thinking or some decisions about that you haven't made or you haven't parked the results of that into some trusted systemic process that you trust will be triggered at the right time in the right way. You actually don't have to finish those things, folks, to be appropriately engaged and get them off your mind. But there are very specific things that you do need to do about that. So there's a number of paradoxes, by the way, that happen about all this material. There's some counterintuitive things about what I'm going to be sharing with you in the next few minutes. You're going to need to get comfortable with that if you want to get to this place of productive engagement without a crisis forcing you to do that. The big paradox is that all the complexities and all the stuff of your life, in order to manage that, you just need three core principles that you understand and apply. It's not about a new smartphone. It's not about a new elegant planner. It's not about a new piece of software. Those are cool tools, but only insofar as you use them to apply those key principles. Once you get those principles, you can make your own system. A second paradox here is that the initial moves and behaviors and best practices of this may very likely, for many of you, initially feel very awkward, very unnatural, and even unnecessary. It's exactly like learning moves in the martial art, which I did years ago. If you want to learn how to maximally produce power with a karate punch, you're going to have to spend hundreds of hours doing something that feels very awkward and very unnatural as a movement. Hundreds of hours doing that. Once you do that, by the way, you'll never go back to anything less in terms of producing power. Some of the things I'll be recommending will be just like that. For instance, don't keep anything in your head the rest of your life. That's going to feel unnatural, awkward, and unnecessary. Every single thing you're committed to finish that takes more than one step to finish it, you need to clarify exactly what that outcome and project is and put that on a project list that you look at at least once a week. Every single next action you need to take about any of your commitments that you're involved in, you need to clarify those and park those in appropriate places that you're going to see those actions on a regular basis. That's going to feel awkward, unnatural, and unnecessary. But those, the, the, the final paradox of all of this, wrap all that together, is that some very specific but seemingly mundane behaviors, when applied, produce the capacity for you to exist in a kind of sophisticated spontaneity, which, in my experience, is a key element to a successful life. Whoa. There's a lot of information in there, Mike. <laughs> he, he, he's funny, isn't he? He, he interlayers like very practical stuff with like some bigger philosophical thinking. It's like, it's actually really fun to try and pull apart because there's actually quite a lot in what he has to say, isn't it? 
Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think rather than, and this is why it's such a fun um, book to dig into and, and begin our product, it's productivity series, Mike, because we have to come to terms with the fact that to be productive is not just about having lists and ticking things off. Instead, it's all about structure. And as David Allen's saying there, it's bringing in structure into your mindset. It's bringing into uh, the right mindset into becoming a little bit uncomfortable like he was talking about, as well as then adjusting your behavior to be more productive. So I think for me, at least as we got into this series, as I was thinking about being productive, it's all about ticking boxes, getting stuff done. But the truth is becoming productive is also about improving your efficiency. And I thought what David Allen does very well is create that in a new way, which I thought was a, was quite fascinating. Yeah, totally. So I want to zoom in a little bit on something he said there, like coming back to some task list, some overview of the projects that you have going on. And I wanted to kind of discuss this a little bit because um, what was really interesting for me is my progression with productivity started from just having a task list to having a dashboard of projects, all of which contain tasks. Mm. And the first thing I want to share, Mark, is every single Monday, I do a big zoom out looking across all my projects and I review each of those looking at their uh, tasks that are within them and I I'm I'm often fine-tuning and moving some things around. And I love this idea on Monday morning of looking at everything that's uh, in my my universe, including uh, not just my work projects, but I have things in there for personal things, things that I do together with my son, events that I'm planning with my family, such as vacations. I even have my personal fitness projects. So I'm running a marathon in six weeks. That's in there. And that includes uh, all the equipment that I need. It includes booking, travel, coordinating with my friends that I'm going with. Like there's a whole ton of things happening in and around just my personal fitness program or getting the family away for a vacation and school holidays, plus all the work stuff. But you know what, Mark, the, the feeling that I have looking at at that dashboard of projects and tasks is really uh, inspiring in a way because you see, hey, this is my world. But the other thing, there's a sense of real confidence and empowerment that comes because you're like, I got this. I've got a a dashboard. I can see everything that's going on. I'm confident that things are not slipping through. Mm, Yeah. That is totally uh, something that I benefit from having, uh, that, that benefits me from having tasks and lists. I think not only are you inspired to say, hey, you know what, I got this, mm. but also you're feeling confident that you will in fact complete that task. Because mm. I think what David Allen's really making the case for here is in, in his book, Getting Things Done, is not just to write it down, but it's also to come at it uh, from a productive uh, activity angle in order to make it happen. So for example, in, in your case, Mike, with the dashboard of tasks, it's not just, you're not, you, you don't wake up on Monday, look at your task list and it's about, let's say, 100 items with no structure. 
instead you've structured it into dashboard of tasks. Maybe there's an order. So you've got to do one, then the other, then the next. So it's almost a prioritization or a timeline perspective. It's all about looking at your task list with, I think, that, um, that angle, isn't it? Mm. So that you can actually go out and get it done. Well, one thing that stood out to me, Mike, in that clip from David Allen was uh, something that he opened, in fact, with. The more that you have on your mind, the less those items are getting done. Yeah. And I think that's a really interesting admission. And if, if I break that down just a little bit further, if my mind is busy and I feel stressed and I don't know where to start, it's because I haven't sat down and done that structure, which is what you were just describing. You know, for example, if I feel a bit overwhelmed with uh, work or maybe it's a marathon training program, mm -hmm. it's because I haven't necessarily sat down and kind of done that hard work, that maybe uncomfortable piece of thinking where I can prioritize or just write down the things that I've got to do. Yeah. Make again, the inventory. Right? It's the inventory, just making it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And if you haven't written it down, what does your brain constantly do? <gasps> Have I thought about this? <gasps> Have I thought about that? And that's, it, 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 that's stress-inducing. <laughs> yeah, it is. And, and what ends up happening for me at least is I then start to negatively think about that, that item or, or project or task and my attitude towards it changes. So rather than the, let's, let's use a marathon as an example here, rather than thinking about the marathon in a fun way and thinking, Hey, this is going to be a great challenge. I've never done it before. I'm really excited to stretch myself. Instead it's, Oh, I don't know when I'm going to train. Oh, I don't know what my recovery plan is. Oh, I don't know what to eat. So how do I feel about it? Well, I don't want to do it because it's too much work. Exactly. Exactly. So I think that and, lack and of I, preparation becomes yeah. negative, doesn't it? Yeah. And, and what becomes the real twist on this, Mark, is that if in your heart of hearts, you really do want to run that marathon, but you haven't put in the work to create that inventory of all the to-dos, all the tasks, the twist on this is you be, you really get into like a, a, like a stressful mindset about something that matters to you. Mm. And that's, bad, man. I mean, that, that takes you to a dark place. So much in the spirit of Yucca Willink, attack the problem, write the inventory of every single task. Like right now, this is how crazy it is in my attempt to minimize stress, right? This is what I have in my, in my, my favorites, uh, in, in my, uh, task list. I have the grocery list is always there in case I need to do the groceries. It's right there because I love to do that to contribute to the family. I have the marathon. I have my mantras. I have everything about moonshots. I have an entire meta uh, area for everything work-related, which is made up of over 10 different sections. And then I have uh, a tab for my music, which is just my personal hobby. And th those are the, the favorites. There's a list of other things that's sitting down there. For example, um, I have a, a whole task uh, area of what I should always have with me when I travel. So my travel list I have actually built from, so toiletries, cords, gym gear, charge batteries and devices, ibuprofen, passport, download stuff onto the iPad, iPhone gym holder, cap, electrolytes, <laughs> tennis ball, PCR test visa. Uh, the point here is 
um, I recently traveled to the US and just uh, added the the visa thing after I did it because I'd forgot to uh, re-register my ESTA, which is the the US uh, visa thing. Now that was because I was out of practice. But not only did we like, a, oh, I'm flying in five days and I don't have an ESTA, so we quickly did it and everything was fine. But here's the thing, Mark. I added Visa to that list. That's why it's at the bottom because I hadn't had to use it for so long because of COVID. And now I don't need to worry about that. So I'm removing mm-hmm. stress from my life. That's what, that's what it's all about is having that overview, having that inventory means that you don't have to spin your wheels in your mind going, have I got everything for that flight? Because you mm. just go to the list and it's there. You don't have to sit there at work and go, oh my gosh, did I forget anything? Just go to the list and it's there. Well, this idea of organization that you're talking about, Mike, to me really stands out as a positive because like you say, you're spinning less gears. Mm. And for me, you know, if I'm feeling overwhelmed, it's more often because I have lots of things to do and I don't know where to start. So mm. my brain goes into that uh, fight or flight survival, let's spin the wheels and try and figure it out. But the truth is it's just inefficient. So this next clip we've got from David really starts digging into the structure of his five steps for, for GTD, getting things done. And his case here is really about uh, utilizing organization and structure in order to create freedom and minimization. So let's hear from David now, talk about the structure and how to minimize through organization. Organized. You know, a lot of people think GTD and this methodology is primarily about getting organized. It's not really. I, I understand why people say that because a lot of people's systems and their, their organization and their structures really haven't kept up with their creativity and their commitments. So most people, that is a big improvement opportunity to essentially get more organized. But it doesn't mean constraining yourself. It doesn't mean creating inappropriate structures. Heavens no. I mean, I'm into freedom. I love the structure in the road that has lines in it so I don't have to worry about people hitting me when I'm out on the road. So that's what I mean by having structure that creates freedom. So freedom for me, for instance, the fact that, you know, here's my in-basket. That has all the stuff today that's shown up today's mail, receipts I generated this morning. Um, And I just love the freedom to know that that's all there. It's nowhere else. I know exactly what that means. That's where those things go. Here's support material for things that I need to, I'm waiting for, things I need to move on. Here's just reading material. Here's my tools that I have for taking notes. Uh, The current book I'm reading you know, my electronic gear charging up here at the desk, my labeler, you know, files that basically are my support files for projects that are, I'm going on or things I want to have at hand, like, you know, a place to throw my receipts, the business receipts once I've processed and, and cleared them. And, you know, it's in a sense really that simple. Uh, you know, obviously on the computer I have the organization of things that I need to see. So organizing just means let me put stuff once I've decided what it means into some place that I can then utilize that appropriately so my brain doesn't have to keep rethinking what does it mean, where is it, and so forth. Now my brain can be freed up to just make good decisions out of these various things. So I have the freedom now to move around. 
and not be distracted. If I were to pile all these things up together, if these things that just came in were in the same pile as these, with along with my book, along with you know these other files, I would just go numb and unconscious to these things and, and, and essentially have a stress about them simply because they weren't in their right place and some part of me is still having to rethink what they mean every time I look at them. And I frankly don't have the energy to do that. So what happens is we go unconscious to those things or we go numb to them. And, you know, that's not very healthy. And then what happens is things fall through the cracks. We don't know where to find them. So come on, I'm, I'm sure this is common sense to you. But much like you have spices in your spice cabinet in your kitchen, you have socks probably in a sock drawer where you know where to get socks when you need socks. As simple as that is, that's really all this is. Once we decided what these things mean, then I park them where they go so that my brain is not still trying to manage that in that way. It's freed up from it. So organization is really about freedom, not about constraint. Uh, this reminds me so much, Mark, of how Barack Obama only had two colors of suits and he had multiple yeah. versions of the same suit because when he went to the wardrobe in the morning, he just didn't want to spend any energy going, what should I wear? It was literally down to gray or black. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we all actually benefit from the this process that David Allen uh, pointed out. I think we've talked a lot about capturing and clarifying around the previous clip. So I'd like to talk a little bit more about the organization and reflecting. And for me, the big thing here, Mark, is what we're really talking about is having these buckets in your work, so whether it's professional life or your personal life, that you can organize things uh, into that system. Because what I personally found uh, before beginning getting familiar with his work, with David Allen's work, is I would just have a list, all listed down. But actually breaking them up is where you is, is the act of organizing and putting them into buckets or groupings becomes the moment where, like you talked about, the socks go in the sock drawer, mm. right? The shirts go in the cupboard. This moment is also really big because then, as with anything, something big like life, you need to break it down in order to get on top of it because you can't, you can't just jump around without any organization because this is too much going on, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. This is exactly where um, my brain will particularly gravitate towards and probably stress itself out, which is not only, okay, what's my to-do list? I've got this project going on. I've got to get different type of maybe visa in my personal life. I've got to go out and uh, handle this dog issue, whatever it might be. And where my brain will try and navigate to is, okay, well, how do I engage with it? It, it tries to jump to essentially that, that fifth step of David Allen's structure. So instead of thinking, okay, well, what is it? Let's think about it. Instead, it's right. What am I going to do right now? And the same is true in projects that I've done in my life. I'll try and jump to that solution. And really what I think it, it, the value of those steps of getting things done really comes into is what you just said around the organization piece. How might I mm. come to terms with proactively solving or engaging with this particular problem. It reminds me, Mike, of second order thinking. I feel like that methodology and that framework is something that you could start to use within that, that step three of organization, which is if I have my 
to-do list. I've captured it. I've clarified it like we've discussed. And now I want to organize. Maybe it's um, how I'm going to approach. Maybe it's even just time blocking. Mm -hmm. It's also giving me enough time to think back to the areas that I want to maybe influence and think around how it's going to um, impact the decisions and the uh, final, uh, maybe second or third order thinking that's going to come out of it. Yeah. And look, I think the interesting thing here is life is big, right? Now, if you think about like a to-do list or a task list, an inventory of things you need to get done, we're probably most familiar with that uh, at work. But I want you to think about all the other areas in life that you can apply this to. For example, your home, your apartment, your house, where you live, there's always things to do. Then there's like your own personal development, be it spiritual or skills-based. There's your sort of romantic relationships and your love life, health and fitness, having fun with family and friends, uh, then spending time uh, with people, um, not just going out and, and having a rollicking good adventure, but it's also you got to uh, spend time, go see the relatives, the uncle, the aunt, the grandma, the grandpa. Oh, by the way, you got to manage your finances and wealth too. <laughs> like all of this, you can actually transfer into a model like getting things done. And you, where it sounds uncomfortable is you might be saying, that sounds a little OCD. That mm. sounds a little intense. But honestly, Mark, that's exactly how I manage my life. And I don't know how I would do it otherwise because I've lived in four different countries. I have family and friends all over the world. I work across every single time zone in the universe. I got a lot going on. I got a family. I have parents to take care of. Like I got to have this in a system so that I don't go, oh, for example, I have a to do. In my list, I have a task that recurs every week saying, call my mum. So like the point here is I think we can get so much from this organization. And once you have the organization, you can also reflect on, geez, I haven't done much on health and fitness, or I need to do more on family and friends. When you have that organization, you can kind of evaluate yourself, can't you? Yeah. So that, that's it particularly where I see the value coming through. And I think where David Allen's calling out in that, that clip we just heard is, although like you say, it sounds a little bit maybe OCD to <laughs> let's say have like uh, eight categories of your life areas and what I'm doing in each. But the truth is there is an element, particularly for me, of uh, peace of mind, or as David calls it, freedom, that comes with identifying your uh, items or tasks or issues within each totally. one. Because the great news is you're not then going to feel guilty when you forget to call your mum or when you forget exactly. about a call or, uh, you, oh, I haven't done my taxes. When I'm not taking ownership of my physical exercise or making time to see my partner, then it falls, it, it kind of falls to me, doesn't it? So, I'm the one who's going to regret not doing it if I haven't organized or structured those things. And the freedom, the liberty, the good feeling that comes afterwards feels well worth the pretty minor, I would mm. say, uh, investment upfront of just writing it down as soon as it comes to you, structuring it, reviewing it, let's say every day or every week. And 
it, it does seem to uh, have such a big knock-on effect, not only from getting things done, but also just that peace of mind, which I think yeah. is the core of David Allen's book, The Art of Stress-Free Productivity of Getting Things Done. Yeah. So hopefully we've made the case for capturing and clarifying and now organizing and creating the system. And, um, you know, there's still so much more to get out of David Allen's work, getting things done. Hopefully what you can see is already that sense of relief you can get when you organize. You could even create a a, a folder in your organization called Good Karma, Lunar Karma. And Mm. the first task you'd put in there is opening up your podcast app, whether it's Apple Podcasts or, or Spotify, give us a thumbs up, give us five stars, give us a rating or a review even, because that is one way to live a stress-free life, isn't it, Mark? That's right. And one person who's living a brand new stress-free life is Lofi from Vietnam, who very kindly got in touch and left us a review on Apple Podcast saying, stay inspired. Thank you for spreading beautiful things. Thank you, Lofi, for getting in touch, leaving us a rating and review for all of those listeners, as well as members who have gone into their podcast app of choice, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other. Just hit us with a little rating or review if you're an Apple Podcast. And it really does help, Mike, doesn't it? It helps get our algorithm and our show out there to like-minded individuals and listeners across the globe. And it really is fantastic when we hear from you, our listeners, about how you are maximizing your life by checking out the show and maybe getting into a bit of stress-free productivity. Absolutely. And listen, to to bring things home uh, today, Mark, as we're getting that lunar-dosed karma, uh, as we really bring our minds to not only the the capturing of all the things we want to do, but the organizing it and reflecting on it, there's a really important thing here. This is all about where and how we choose to engage, where we put our energy and our effort. So what is really interesting about this, as we go from filtering and sorting millions of different things that are happening in our life, tasks, um, projects, engagements, and all of these big things that are swirling around, it, it really is like a big funnel where we capture them all, we start to clarify and organize, reflect upon them. That's all part of the getting things done system. The last and perhaps the most powerful idea, Mark, is actually it becomes about where we put our energy, where we choose to engage, how we can create that flow state. And David Allen now is going to tell a story of how through unexpected events, he can find the greatest of serenity. Let's start with a quick little story. 1990, I took an overnight sailing trip with my girlfriend at the time to Santa Cruz Island. It's part of the Channel Islands, about 26 miles off the coast of Santa Barbara. It's a rugged, uh, beautiful island, but the coast is very rugged. Sheer cliffs, a lot of rocky outcroppings. Uh, We anchored in a tiny little cove. There are not many of those. We anchored in one. As it was getting dark, we went below to make dinner, and the wind suddenly came up to a howl, as it does in this area, by the way. can pretty easily. As I'm making dinner, I got the queasy feeling our boat was moving. And sure enough, our anchors were losing their grip. That's very uncool. In a tiny little cove where the wind is howling, and about 50 yards away at the end of the cove, a very nasty sea is brewing. So we ran up top, 
turned on the motor so we could get some control of the boat. And uh, sure enough, ran over the rear anchor line, which chokes the prop. We now no longer have control of the boat. We are now at the mercy of wind, which is actually whistling down that canyon and blowing us out of the cove into the open ocean, but then down along that coast, right close to those cliffs. Radioed the Coast Guard. They let us know it will be three hours before their heavy weather, weather rescue boat would get there. So we're pretty much at the mercy of all of this. We got our dinghy ready to go overboard in case we hit the rocks. Boat and even our lives were at risk. And almost simultaneously, we both looked up at one point and noticed the most incredible, dramatic, beautiful full moon. And amidst all that chaos, we actually had the experience, this wonderful Zen-like peace. I tell you that story because every one of you has something similar, I'm sure, in your history. Where you were in something you might in retrospect call a crisis, and somewhere along the line you found yourself in your zone. Time disappeared. You were fully present. You were totally engaged with what was happening. You were in a productive flow. And if you had the luxury to stop for a minute, you may have then had the experience of a wonderful sense of being present, like my girlfriend and I did that night. See, interestingly, crisis can actually produce a kind of calm that's rare to find sometimes. Why? It demands it. Because it's the calm that comes from those behaviors that create the kind of positive, productive, engaged experience that moves us into our zone. Very clear on the outcome for us, that was live. Instantly making intuitive action decisions and taking actions, being meaningfully engaged toward that outcome. And everything else in our life was put on a back burner so that we'd be totally present about what was happening. And you probably experienced that too. And maybe you had this sense of that peace. Wouldn't it be nice, by the way, if you could experience that kind of peace, that kind of productive engagement, without having the danger or stress of a crisis force you to? It actually is possible. Let me give you a little secret. Getting things done is not about getting things done. It's really about being appropriately engaged with what's going on. Appropriate engagement is the real key here. Many times, not getting something done is how to appropriately engage with it. Every one of you, hopefully, is appropriately not engaged with every single thing else aside from listening to me right now. So there's some key, there's something unique about being appropriately engaged. Why does a crisis get us there? Because it forces us to do those behaviors that get us there. Oh, Mike. I mean, <laughs> talk about bringing it home. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. That was, what a, what a story. I mean, the mercy of the wind, that's real danger. You know, three hours for the Coast Guard to come up. They're coming towards the rocks. There's a risk of them going into the freezing cold water. There's nothing to do but take a breath, look up look at, at the moon, moon. Yeah. and just realize that it's so out of their control that they just had to think, okay, well, let's, let's see what happens. I think the key thing for me, though, that obviously talks back to getting things done and productivity is the idea of being in a stressful mode where your shoulders are tightened, maybe your hands are clenched, you don't know what's going on. But with that little bit of structure and the admission of, okay, well, I got this. I've done everything I can. I've called the Coast Guard. I've got my boat ready. What do I do now? Well, I can be peaceful. I can stay in that 
moment. I know through confidence of, of ach- achieving whatever it is that I needed to do, I can now stay present. And a little bit like Eckhart Tolle, Mike, be in the moment of now. Yeah. And it, and what he makes the case for is shouldn't take a crisis to get you to this. Yeah. You can actually build the system, those five steps to have appropriate attention. In fact, deep immersion, what we might call deep work, a la Cal Newport mm. or now, this is a real test. Can you remember how to say the name uh, for the flow, the the kind of the discoverer and founder of the flow state? Mihai? Geek send me high. Oh, very good, Mark. Very, very, you very you good. You can't twist me. I, I got it. Me high, cheek sent me high. <laughs> very good. So out of all of these things, well, let me ask you, which of the five steps are you going to work on most? Capture, clarify, organize, reflect, or engage? Uh, I think actually I owe it to myself to organize it a little bit better. I think oh. I utilize uh, a lot of collection uh, and I or capture, sorry, and uh, utilize uh, Todoist as well as my Google Calendar with all my lists. But I think actually organizing a little bit better, putting it into maybe a structure or uh, maybe step one, two, three, utilizing some of those other frameworks that we've learned in the past. I think that's probably the step for me that is something I can work a little bit harder on. What about you, Mike? Yeah, you know, where I am right now is I'm probably a little bit more on the reflecting, looking at where mm. my energy is going. And that's like super exciting. And that becomes much easier when you've been capturing and, and measuring uh, where you put your attention, where you put your effort. Mm. So um, what an exciting way to kick off the productivity series, Mark. I mean, I'm super pumped. For, for the next five shows, we've got some new ones. We've got some classics. It's going to be huge, right? It's going to be huge. Chris Bailey, Atul Gawande, uh, Ken Blanchard and Michael Bungay Stanier. We've got some huge productivity powerhouses, Mike. I'm excited to get into it. And I feel as though today with David Allen has really kicked us off on the right stance. I agree. And I just want to thank you so much for being part of this opportunity to study from one of the grand masters. So thank you to you, Mark. And thank you to you, our listeners and our members. We really do appreciate learning out loud together with you every single show. And we hope you've enjoyed show 181 with David Allen getting things done. What we discovered is your head truly is a crappy office. So don't make that mistake. Get comfortable with the discomfort. Create that overview, that inventory of all the things that need to get done and then employ the five-step system of getting things done. Capture, clarify, organize, reflect, and engage appropriately. And it shouldn't take a crisis for you to put your attention in the right place. And you know what? When your attention is appropriate, is focused, you'll enjoy the flow state. Time will evaporate. You will enter into the zone. You will do good work. You may even do great work and you will totally be on the path to being the best version of yourself. And that's what we are all about here at the Moonshots Podcast. That's a wrap.